welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astral curious. I'm also your host for this podcast series. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 148 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on astrology. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. All right, let's get into today's episode. Today we're talking about sexual compatibility and astrology. And I've got a very special guest, Kira Taborn. Hello, Kira. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm a fan of your podcast, Astrology. It's so amazing and informative. So it's such an honor to have you here today. And I want to get right down to business. You know, I think a lot of people, when they hear about, you know, astrology, when they first come into it, they are looking for compatibility. So before we even start talking about sexual compatibility, what are your thoughts about that, about people wanting to see, can I get along with this sign or that sign? (laughs) That's literally how I got into astrology back when I was, you know, 11 years old. (laughs) Um, So I definitely, yeah, relate to that. I I started researching the signs and I was, yeah, around 11. Um, and just, I really wanted to know what boys I was compatible with, you know, <laughs> and I also wanted to help all my girlfriends, you know, know what boys they, they would be compatible with. And, um, so yeah, it's certainly a big part of, you know, people's first entry into astrology. It, it definitely was for me. Um, and yeah, I think it's totally natural to wonder, you know, what does, what do the stars say about this connection that I'm having with someone or, you know, about what me and my crush might, might be like when we, when, and if we get together. So yeah, I think it's totally natural, um, to sort of get into astrology that way. I think people, when they come to astrology, you know, they're either trying to figure out how to get on with somebody else or how to understand themselves. And sometimes maybe a little bit from both. And so if we start thinking about astrology beyond the sun signs, what do we need to look at when we're considering sexual compatibility with somebody? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, compatibility in general, when it comes to astrology, there's so many different ways you can go about it. Um, I think there's the, the most popular would be like synastry, which is when you're looking at two charts and where, where points overlap within two charts. Um, and then there's also just like looking at, you know, certain signs, certain, um, planet planetary placements and seeing if they're compatible with other planetary placements, which is, I think also a component of synastry. Um, and then there's, um, composite charts and Davidson charts. There's all these midpoint methods as well. So there's all these different ways to go about it. But, um, what for me, I'm, primarily looking at a couple of points in the chart when we're talking about sexual compatibility, um, specifically Venus in the fifth house, um, which is the house of of sex and pleasure and and romance and fun Um, in the chart. So I'm looking at the fifth house, I'm looking at the ruler of the fifth house. um, And, and then there's, you know, some other things I would take a look at. I would definitely look at the person's first house as well, or both people's first house, um, just to see, you know, what their general, what their general vibe is, what their general, um, experience in their body might be, um, and then going from there, but, but certainly Venus and certainly the fifth house would be places to start. Do you ever look at Mars 
uh, for also for compatibility in that realm? I do. I mean, I do. I, I, I would also look at Mars, but maybe not so much for sex. I mean, it does, it does, you know, have a lot to do with sex. I think maybe not so much as Venus and the bringing people together. Um, but I think Mars does speak a lot to our, how do you say like our drive and, and the way that we, um, the way that we exhibit passion and, and desire as well. So yeah, Mars is, is a big part of that too. So if people have, let's say a really compatible Venus, they have a better chance than do you think of really making a connection of merging better, or is it possible that somebody could have a really compatible chart with their Venuses and still lack that spark? Definitely. Yeah. I think that's the thing with compatibility. It's like, you really do have to take in the whole chart into consideration. Um, an example that comes to mind is me and my ex, <laughs> um, you know, we had very compatible Venuses. Our mine, mine is in Libra, his is in um, Aquarius, but something that was lacking was the fact that I have a good amount of fire in my chart and he has absolutely none. And so the fire, like, while our Venuses, the airy quality of our Venuses was very compatible in the sense that we had a lot to talk about. We definitely connected over, you know, intellectual ideals and, um, and, and just like socializing, we socialize in a similar way, but that, that passion, that fire that I was craving, um, just in a relationship in general, wasn't really there, um, from, from his perspective. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of this. It's hard to kind of single single out certain placements, but when you do kind of narrow in on um, a particular placement like Venus compatibility, it really does speak a lot to you know the ways in which um, we connect with one another. I think it's also really important that you're bringing up that you have to look a little bit deeper than just Venus. Venus is like a starting point because there are things that can also determine where that compatibility goes beyond that initial spark, you know, and, and sometimes like my first uh, husband had, we both had Venus and cancer. Now people who would look at that would think, Oh my God, you've got Venus and cancer and his moon is in cancer and your Venus is in Scorpio. This is going to be so great. But we had very different lived experiences and mm -hmm. there were other things in our chart that complicated matters. So there was a spark. There was certainly some sexual compatibility, but that didn't mean the whole picture was going to be great. There were other issues that got in the way and really made that part of our life then feel complicated. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And Venus stuff can get very complicated, very, you know, it is this like, when we're talking Venus, we're talking just connecting and, you know, sex relationships, like ideas of beauty and attraction, um, which are supposed to be like the nice, pleasant parts of life, but, um, you know, everything else, and you add in all the other stresses of life, it, that those things in particular can become really complicated because they become really easy to sort of like put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's another big part of it too. So my current husband and I have so-called charts that we shouldn't be together beyond a first date. And we've been together like 30 years. We do have some uh, things that line up really well, but we have Venuses that are not considered compatible. Our Mercuries are not compatible. Our suns are not mm -hmm. compatible. Our moons are fiery. 
Um, and so looking at just a Venus, I've got a Venus in Cancer. He's got a Venus in Libra. So let's say, let's say you're an astrologer and you're looking at these charts and you see those Venuses are not really happy. What would be your, how would be, how would you advise somebody of how to work with energy that's not astrological compatible? Yeah, you know, well, personally, I would say that those two Venus signs are pretty compatible. <laughs> and I would say that because they're both, they share the same modality, right? They, they're both cardinal. So they're going to both go after, you know, Venusian things and that, and that same like direct, um, straightforward way. So there's compatibility there in that. But yeah, the elements are, are not compatible, right? So, so yeah, I think what I would say to people, you know, I have a similar thing with my parents. They on, you know, Scorpio and Sagittarius, not supposed to be compatible, um, but they've been together for 30 years as well. And they've been married for 30 years. So, yeah, I think when it comes down to it, it's like there, there's likely other things in the chart that make you compatible. It might not just be those one placements. Um, I'm also someone that's really big on just patterning when it comes to compatibility, less so, the actual signs, although that of course matters. Um, I'm always going to look at, okay, well, let's see, let's say one person has, um, a fourth house stellium in Sagittarius and the other person has, you know, a fourth house stellium in cancer. Yeah. Those two signs are not compatible necessarily, but the fact that they both have fourth house stelliums could make them very compatible. Um, because, they're both going to be people who want to be at home or who are very connected to family. So there's other things to sort of look at um, when you're taking it beyond just the signs. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I would say that. So like, look at, look beyond the signs. If, if it's not, yeah. it's not supposed to be compatible, you know, for face value, there's definitely something underneath that, that can speak to that. Um yeah, I'm just thinking the person I was seeing over the past year, our charts are so, so different, you know, like he's so super airy, super Gemini, um, no planets and water signs at all. Meanwhile, I'm this like Scorpio stellium Pisces rising, <laughs> very watery person, but, um, he has this Leo stellium that trines my Aries moon, you know, like there's, there's, Part, and then we both have stellions in each other's six houses too. So we work together really well. And, you know, we talk about work a lot <laughs> when we're, when we're together. So, so yeah, there's other things that, that can really speak to um, compatibility and just resonance with another person that isn't so face value. I never thought to look at the houses. That's so interesting because now, as soon as you're talking about it, a little light bulb goes off in my head. It's like, oh my God, my husband and I both have stelliums in our eighth houses. Mm. So of course there is that kind of a connection and I've never made that connection. So that is really brilliant. And that's like, boom, got Love it. That. Got it. That's <laughs> where the connection is, even though we have these uncompatible charts. So right. it's that eighth house business, of course. Makes sense. So what would be your advice for people if they're first starting to study um, sexual compatibility before they jump off and get really crazy saying, Oh my God, my Venus is in Scorpio and you know, blah, blah, blah. What is your advice so that they really learn how to look at sexual compatibility in a grounded way and in a helpful way? Yeah. 
I would say you got to start with you. You got to really know yourself and understand how your chart, your placements are reflecting, you know, parts of you. Um, it's, I don't think it's wise to kind of hop into compatibility with someone or looking at your compatibility with someone without really knowing what it is that you want and need out of sex or relationship. Um, because you're just going to start spinning, you know, spinning out, (laughs) thinking of possibilities and, um, and yeah, I think starting with yourself starting, okay, what do, what do I really actually desire? What am I actually really attracted to? What are the things that turn me on and get me going? Um, being really clear on that. And then you can, I think more accurately, um, assess your compatibility with someone else. Um, so I guess, for example, like so if you if you want to start by looking at your chart, I will look to your Venus sign um, and just what Venus is doing in your chart. If if you you know if you're a little bit more advanced, you might look at the aspects that Venus is making and or that other planets are making to Venus and really just like sink into that Venus placement. Um, your Venus placement, like I said earlier, is going to speak to how you bond with other people, how you connect. Um, Venus is a planet that is like a a moist planet, um, by temperament. So it has to do with bringing people, bringing things together, you know, like binding things together. So your Venus placement will speak to how you do that in your relationships. Um, it's also going to speak to what is attractive about you and what you're attracted to and others. Um, and, and yeah, sex, <laughs> Venus will speak to like what you, what you need, what, what's going to turn you on. Um, and the fifth house similarly speaks to a lot of those things because that is the house that Venus rejoices in. So when you look at your fifth house, you want to look at the sign, um, and then, yeah, kind of discern what your sex life, how, how that kind of plays out in regards to your sex life looking at the sign, you want to look to any planets in that house. That's also going to speak to, um, you know, I think it's going to help describe uh, how you experience sex and and pleasure um, and entertainment even. And then you really want to look to the planet that rules your fifth house um, because that's also going to give you a lot of information around, you know, how you go about sex and desire and and attraction or, and uh, yeah, attraction and entertainment um, look to, so you want to look to the, the planet that rules your, your fifth house. Where is that in the chart? What is that planet doing? Is it, you know, in the 12th house in this place that's kind of hidden and, and unknown and confusing, or is it in the first house of self? And that kind of directly ties pleasure and, um, and sexuality directly to who you are and your, in your body. Um, is it, is it in the second house, which is where mine is. (laughs) And it kind of, you know, adds in, adds in a layer of transaction, you know, when you, when you, the ruler of your fifth is in the second or eighth house. Um, But it can also bring in the idea of, you know, things, you know, actual physical objects that, um, that you, you want to be involved in your, in your sex life in some way. I'm kind of making stuff up now, but, but yeah, you know, look to where that ruler of your fifth house is. That's going to give you a lot of information. Um, and then finally Mars, if you're someone who 
who um, works with Mars in regards to sex. And I, I tend to look at Mars more as like when we are, when we're in the space of going after what we want, um, that's, that's kind of where Mars gets, Mm -hmm. gets brought in in regards to sex, um, and relationships. And so looking at your Mars sign will kind of speak to that as well. Um, when you're the, I don't want to say aggressor, but when you're the, the one kind of taking the lead, that's really when your Mars gets, gets kicked up too. So start there, start with yourself and get really, really clear, um, what your chart is, is saying about you, what those placements are saying about you. And then, and then start to look at how you connect with others. That's really brilliant advice. And I was smiling here because, my Mars is in Virgo and it's in my 11th house. And my husband and I were friends for five years and wow. I had to make all the moves. I had to be the aggressor <laughs> and he's a Virgo, you know, so you're making me, you're making me think about that. That's really funny. So that, yeah, that actually makes sense with my Mars. Uh, without a doubt, that. it's, it's very literal, actually. That's such, such good advice. I think when you start with yourself and you know what you want, you're going to be less likely to also make what I call astro assumptions. Mm-hmm. Where you're making assumptions about this sign, that sign, start with you. Exactly. Now you've got a new uh, app coming out. Uh, it's called Cusp, yeah. and this is all focused on astrology and relationships. And I would love to know more about this app. Can you tell me more yeah, about it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Cusp, we we launched it October 29th. Um, has a really cute chart. <laughs> Really cute Leo Moon, um, Venus and Sag uh, birth chart. But yeah, this is um, Cusp is the only astrology app focused on love and sex and relationships. Um, And essentially, it's a daily horoscope app. So you're getting a daily horoscope that's sort of like love focused, but it's not just about romantic love. Um, We kind of take on the philosophy that you know, love, love is a philosophy, right? Like love is a way of living life. Um, and we have love takes on so many different forms. It's very fluid. And so we're kind of aiming to just allow helping people cultivate love in their life in general and all, and all aspects of life. So our horoscopes are really great. They're so great. They're really in depth and rich. Um, and they're written by actual astrologers and you can see their face in the app, you know, and you don't really see that with any other astrology app. You don't necessarily know who's writing these horoscopes and who's writing this content. We wanted to make it really clear that this is by astrologers, um, professional astrologers and not just AI, you know, not just a computer programs, you know, algorithm for you. So, so yeah, we have our daily horoscopes. Um, and like I said, they're love focused, but a lot of it is about self-love, about loving your friends, your family, and of course, you know, partnership and, and connecting with others on that more romantic and, and sexual level as well. Um, and then we have these amazing compatibility reports um, where you can connect, you can friend, you know, a friend or whoever in the app and see your compatibility. Um, and I say they're incredible because they're just so well-written. Um, again, I, I have to take credit for the fact that I got some amazing astrologers to write for this app. Um, 
And we've just keep hearing such great things about, about the, about all the writing really. Um, so we have, yeah, we have these compatibility reports. You have the option to include sexual compatibility. Um, so if you just want to, you know, see how you and your friend are compatible, but don't necessarily care about, you know, what you guys might be like in bed, you don't have to do that. Um, and they're just these really well-written reports about, you know, your sun sign compatibility, we are currently working on add, like just expanding those in a way that is really exciting for me. We're going to be adding a lot more to the compatibility reports and different types of compatibility. I'm not going to speak too much on it just yet, but um, that's that's coming in the future too. So, so yeah, it's it's a great app. I mean, if you if you're interested to hear what actual real astrologers would say about. Um, your, your sun sign in terms of love, which I didn't mention that we also have sun sign overviews as well as Venus sign overviews. So, um, we have those write-ups too. You can read about your Venus sign and what that says about you and love and, in partnership, um, with a lot more to come. I love that. And I love that we, this almost feels like this podcast episodes come full circle because we started out talking that the first way you came into astrology was looking at compatibility, which so many people do and they want to know about it. So I think this app is really genius. It will, it's probably going to be a lot of people. This is going to be their entry point into really going deeper with astrology by starting out trying to understand the people around you and how you merge with them. So I think this is just brilliant. Where can people download the app? Everywhere that you download apps. <laughs> um, the the Apple Store, Apple App Store, um, as well as I think Google Play. I don't have an Android, but it's on Android and iOS. So um, everyone should be able to, to download it. Amazing. And I think uh, also people are probably going to want to know where can they find you if they want to work with you, if they want to learn more about all the other things you are doing in the world. Yeah. So I do a lot. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I do a lot of different things. Um, I think, well, to start, I've been teaching all year and um, I am teaching my final workshops this year. I don't plan on teaching much next year um, unless it's in person. Like I'll be, I'll be speaking at Norwalk and ESAR, these two big astrological conferences. Um, but I'm kind of wrapping up speaking because or wrapping up teaching because um, the nodes are about to move into my third, my third and my ninth houses and having all these South node eclipses in my ninth. So, so I'm like, let me just take a break on teaching for next year. We'll see what else comes up. Um, but anyway, all that being said, I'm teaching two more workshops this in December. I'm very excited about them. Um, one's called who's your time Lord. That's December 8th. And um, basically that's all about the technique called annual perfections. Something we didn't really talk about here is that I'm like what I call like a hoe for timing. I'm so obsessed with time, <laughs> timing and, you know, prediction and, and looking into the future. So I'm teaching that um, annual perfections is just such a great technique to learn and use. And it's very easy as well. Um, and then I'm teaching like a, a longer weekend long intensive called timing that hits. Um, and that's Saturday and Sunday, the 18th and 19th of December. And that's going to be like six hours each day, just diving really deep into all these different timing techniques, learning how to layer them and working together in groups to sort of 
plan out our year ahead, the plan out 2022 um, based on timing. So that's, you can find all of that information on, on that, my website, astrology.com. And I'll be posting about it too on um, my Instagram at the astrology. And then outside of that, I'm hoping I'm bringing back my podcast next next year, early next year. I have missed it so much. <laughs> I've been missing, you know, recording with folks. So I have a lot of cool ideas um, to start that back up. And uh, finally, my membership community, the 11th house, um, I'm relaunching again early next year too. And that's essentially we do, um, it's a community for astro nerds, basically enthusiasts and students, students <laughs> and students <laughs> to, uh, to come together and learn together. So we do workshops, um, well, meetups, I should say, on the new moon and the full moon put people in breakout rooms. We get to like actually talk astrology with other people, which I think is such a huge thing that a lot of people don't have in their everyday lives, like a place to connect with other people and speak our language, right? Cause it is its own language. Um, so we do that. We do guest workshops, um, every month and bringing, starting to make those public next year. So you can just buy a ticket and watch if you, um, if you don't want to join, and then um, we do reading swaps. Um, we have a really lively discord as well. So like lots of fun conversations happening just like around the clock um, on our forum. So yeah. And, and then also like a ton of education too that you get. I All of my webinars are in the 11th house and I'm adding even more content <clears throat> next year. So I'm really stoked to, to relaunch that and kind of yeah, it's just been a really nice space for folks to to learn and to connect and you know speak speak our language together. So so yeah, those are like my main things. Um, I'm trying to work on a book, hope, hoping I get more time to do that next year. Um, but yeah, you can you can find me at the astrology on on online online on Instagram and uh, my website. Well, I think with that third and ninth house stuff happening, there's going to be some books happening. I can guarantee I so. you, yeah. no, you've got a book coming. You've got a book <laughs> coming. It, I, I can feel that. And uh, I think it's going to be a book that we're all going to be very, very excited about and excited about the cusp uh, app and all the other amazing things you're doing. Kira, you are a wonder woman. Thank you for making some time to speak with me today. Thank you. I've like loved following you on Twitter all these years. Um, I am off of Twitter now and I, I do miss, <laughs> I do miss seeing you on there. So it's been really nice to connect with you here. So, so nice. I noticed you were off Twitter, but there's all kinds of ways for me to find you. So, uh, and for people who are listening, make sure that you find Kira too. look for her on Instagram, get to the astrology website. Please make sure you check out her podcast, all those old episodes and the new ones that are coming up. There's so much good stuff coming from Kira. All right, people. Oh, no. Thank you for creating all these amazing resources. All right, people. That is all for today's episode. And you know what to do if you're enjoying this show. You're going to go over to iTunes and leave a positive review because that's the best way to help new listeners discover Astrology Bites. And of course, you know, I appreciate that so much. And for more fun stuff, head over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes, and so much more. Again, that's thetarolady.com. I'll see you there. And remember, 
no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss and you've got that power. Be kind to yourself and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode.